right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Because plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. Charlie! Charlie Robinson! 
Robinson, it's not you. It couldn't be. How'd you know my name? Oh, typical. <laughs> typical Charlie to be riding a white horse. What do you mean? Always riding off in some strange direction. Your banner flies. Uh, look, why don't you explain yourself? Well, I'll try to as soon as this merry-go-round stops. Phew. Hey, that is some unusual power you have. Oh, I thought so, too. All I have to do is say, stop the merry-go-round, I want to get off, and it stops. So, you don't recognize me, Charlie? I haven't a clue. Wish I did. Does the name Mary mean anything to you? Is it yours? Mm-hmm. Has been all my life. Oh, <laughs> you're embarrassed, aren't you, Charlie? Never thought we'd meet up again, did you? How did you leave? Uh, I am sorry to say this, but I don't know you at all. In two years, have I changed that much? Two years? Since what? Well, that's when we met, two years ago. It's Mary. Oh, don't tell me you don't know me. I couldn't have met you two years ago. Well, what are you saying? I wasn't born two years ago, that's why. Oh, Charlie, stop getting around. What do you want me to believe? You're only two years old? I realized the moment I said two years ago, I wasn't on Earth. It was a mistake. But sometimes things slip out before you can stop them. But this girl and that name I couldn't figure. Because Charlie Robinson was a name I was sure I'd made up for my identity on Earth. My real name is Selrock. S-E-L-R-A-H. I put a C in front of it, spell it backwards, and it makes Charles. <laughs> as soon as I got back to my apartment, I unscrewed the silver spheroid and talked to my contact, Jarva. Jarva? Yes, Selra. What is your report? We are ready to take it down. Jarva, I've had an unnerving experience today. What is it? A young lady said she knew me. She called me by my Earth name. What did she want? I, I don't know. Recognition. Acclaim. I thought you might help me, Jarva. You have been sent to the planet Earth to observe. Not to have warm feelings for Earth females. I will consult and get back to you. Mother planet has a tie with planet Earth. Millenniums ago, our name was Kill. We learned that on many stars and hominid-inhabited planets in our galaxy, this name was negative. Therefore, 400 Earth years ago, we renamed ourselves Tycho Brahe after the Danish astronomer who discovered Cassiopeia. I was there. Sarah? Yes, Jarva? I'm here, still awaiting instructions. Do you remember the Earth, year 1600? 1600 Anno Domini. Very well. You had a meeting in Prague with Johann Kepler and the great astronomer after whom our planet is named. Tycho Brahe, yes. On that occasion, you were 30 Earth years old, the same as you are today. And you made yourself into an expert astronomer. My instructions are, now, make yourself into an expert American. 
Yeah, it's all very well for you to tell me, but what about the Earth female called Mary? If you cannot carry off your disguise and your orders, you will be recalled, but in disgrace. Oh, I plead my case, would you? I'd give anything to return to Tycho. I will report your wish, but don't expect much consideration until you have served your time. At night, I look out of my window up at the stars and I cry. Somewhere out there is my homeland. A thousand light years afar or a million, who knows? I don't. I'm so lonely. I hate the daily pretense to be Charles Robinson, to be always on my guard, to be living a lie. It's almost unbearable. Do what a 
straight-jacketed into the body of a human with human memories and speech. For those of you who have made Mystery Theater a listening habit, know that that could also be... And so, thinks Charlie, since my assignment is to observe the Earth species in their native habitat, I'll begin by switching on a television set. Concludes our interview with science fiction writer Joshua Pride, whose last year's bestseller has just come out in paperback. Mr. Pride, have we left out anything we ought to mention? Uh, uh, nothing really, uh, except if you don't mind, since I'm here to plug my book, I, I'd like to mention again the name of my novel is Tycho's World. What? What did he say? <laughs> Tycho's World. Remember, though. Which takes us to a planet of non-mortals who are eons advanced in their civilization. Thank you. Our program is Other World. Our guest today, author Joshua Pride. Jarva? Jarva, can you hear me? Yes, Sarah. This is Jarva. Why do you call me? I, I just turned on a Houston, Texas television channel, and, and they were interviewing a science fiction writer. Now, this writer has written a book called Tycho's World, and supposedly about our world. You must be mistaken, Sarah. Are you certain? I am very sure, but how could he know what Earthling would have any idea? Uh, well, someone's at the door. Who is it, Jarva? Probably that female Mary. Hold on a second, Mary. I'll be right there. What do I do about this man who calls himself Joshua Pride, this writer? We leave that to you. If he's dangerous to your mission, you'll know what steps to take. Coming. Oh, I'm, I'm awfully sorry. I, I was watching television. I... I didn't hear you. I was beginning to get worried. Can, can I come in? Sure, why not? Well, why are you here, Mary? Uh, I've come to apologize. For what? For running out on you the other day. Remember? You were going to communicate with your control in another world. I I got scared. I thought you... I thought you were crazy. And what do you think now? That you need me. Now look, Mary, something has happened. I, I just saw something on television, and I need your help. There's, there's somebody I've got to know more about. Of course I'll help. And you can do something for me. For both of us, really. What? Well, I found out today something I never knew. The space project you were working on two years ago when you disappeared was headed up by a, a, a Dr. Latrobe, a, a genetic studies project. Do you remember him, Charlie? No, no, I don't. What are you getting at? Well, he never knew we were married. He called me today. He would like me to bring you to see him. Mary, I am not that Charles Robinson. He says he worked with you. I, I think maybe he could help straighten things out. Oh, all right, all right. I'll see him. But I want you to do something for me first. Anything, darling. There's a science fiction writer called Joshua Pride. I just saw an interview. Joshua Pride? Oh, of course. I took a creative writing class with him last year. He lives here in Houston. I want to meet him. It's very important. I'll do my best. Can I see him today? Uh, tomorrow? I have no idea. I I I'll go to talk to him. I I'll find out when he can see us. Not us, Mary. Me. Alone. 
I have to see him alone. Do you understand? Mr. Pride, it, it was good of you to let me see you on such short notice. I, I, I didn't think you remembered me. Well, of course I did, Mary. For a former student, I'm always available. Besides, you sounded so distressed on the phone. What's on your mind? Well, two years ago, I married my husband. He was working at the Space Genetics Research Center. I, I didn't know that then. It, it, it was all so hush-hush. And then Charlie's parents died. And a day later, he disappeared. It just vanished. So I went out to work. And, well, as you know, last year, I, I thought I'd like to do more than just a nine-to-five secretarial job. So I, I took your writing course. Mm, you showed a great deal of promise. Have you kept up your writing? Well, I tried to. But that's not why I'm here. See, Charlie... He, he showed up the other day, but he's, he's different. He's not the same as I remember him, Mr. Pride. Uh -huh. For one thing, he, he, he must have injured himself because there's this long scar in the middle of his forehead, and, and, and he talks crazy. He says he doesn't remember me at all, that he wasn't even on Earth two years ago, that, that he's from somewhere else. Another planet. Do you know why he wants to see me? He didn't say. It would be a big favor to me if you would come. Well, I, I don't know, Mary. Let me think it over and I'll get back to you. You mean you won't? Well, I mean I have certain obligations to myself others. If your husband is suffering from certain delusions, how could I blindly go ahead and meet him alone, as you say think about it. When Mary told me Joshua Pride was reluctant to meet with me, I knew something was wrong. He was either afraid for some reason, or he too was from my planet, Tycho. I consulted my control. Speak, Sarah. This so-called science fiction writer has not yet agreed to see me. Why do you say so because I am not sure he is what he claims to be. He could be from the far side of our planet because he's unlike us. I saw his face clearly on television, and he has no third eye or even the slightest scar of its removal. That means nothing. He could have had a better plastic surgeon than the one who removed your third eye. Why is he hesitating to meet me? Sarah, we have told you to deal with the or even the far side of our planet has been sent to stop my work he must be disposed of. I purchased a copy of his book, Tycho's World, and a revolver. Hello? M Mary Robinson? Mr. Pride, is that you? Yes, it is. Uh, look, I, I've, I've given a good deal of thought to your situation, but I'm afraid I can't help. You don't mean you can't help, but that you won't. Well, whichever way you want to interpret it, to invite a, a complete stranger to my house for me to see it, and, well, let's let's put it this way, Mary, I, I, I just don't have the time. I'm sorry I asked you, Mr. Pride. I had no idea. 
understand. Uh, however, I... Uh, Mary? Mary? Uh, she hung up on you, didn't she? Who are you? How did you get in here? Your front door was unlocked. I, uh... I'm Charles Robinson, the man Mary wanted you to meet. May I sit down? I suppose so, now that you're here. Thank you. Oh, uh, I see you have a copy of my book. <laughs> you're afraid of me, aren't you? Well, I'm alone. It's nighttime. Stranger walks into my house. Why shouldn't I be afraid? Uh, by the way, Joshua Pride, that isn't your real name, is it? Well, what a strange thing for you to say. As a matter of fact, it is. That's a real chip you have on your shoulder, Robinson. It is your real name? Look, I, I'm not going to call the police or anything like that, see? After all, it's important for me to keep seeing you people and get fresh impressions. So you just sit back, Robinson. Make yourself comfortable and we'll have, have a nice talk, all right? Where did you get the name Tycho from? It just came to me. Liar. Well, I, I must have read it somewhere. I open your book to, uh, to uh, page 78. Uh, here you say this planet Tycho was once named Argon, but in honor of a Danish astronomer, the name was changed to Tycho Brahe. How did you know that? Well, heaven's the foggiest. It, it, it seemed like a good idea. Yeah, of course, you only have half of it. Our planet's original name was Kill, not Argon. My dear man, I used the word argon because I could then call the early space and time travelers argonauts. That's why. Yeah, you're mistaken about that also. You're quite wrong. Robinson, Charlie, it's all made up, invented. It's not right or wrong. There is no such thing as space on Tycho. We are time beings and time travelers only. That is why I go back hundreds, thousands of years as if they were what Earth people called yesterday. Will you explain to me why you came here? To find out why so much of what you have written is based on fact. And how come you know it all? I... I, I think I've had just about enough for an evening. You may, but I haven't. And that's why I brought with me this handy means of persuading you to tell the truth. Now, hold on just a moment, would we? We're not going to get anywhere by using force. I believe this is the way a revolver is loaded. Uh, here, I mark this page, page 148. You talk about how each traveler to Earth is assigned a control. Yes, I do. And here, on the next page, 149, you call this control by the name of Jarva. Now, don't tell me this is also a coincidence, that Jarva came to you out of the blue. But it did. I, I, I made it up. It's, it's all fiction. Most of it is fact. You say... I know. Because Tycho is my home. You're mad. You are either one of us masquerading as human as I am, or you are here to unmask me. Let me see. How does this safety catch work? Oh, yes. To think what you're doing. Over the centuries, I've come often to Earth to watch to report and return. Sometimes I have to destroy an enemy, an unworthy creature. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you anything I possibly can, but put that gun down. It could go off. Unless you tell me by what right you use the name of my planet and my people. 
I have no alternative but to fire. No, don't, don't. If you don't. are from Tycho, a bullet won't dispose of you. You know that. I know that. Of course, if you are human, it means the end. Stop, Robinson. Yes, I, I, I am from Tycho. Yes, I, I've been assigned to, to spy on you. with a proposition that there is no confirmed evidence that somewhere in any one of the billions of systems of stars, of nebulae, of clusters, of interstellar matter, that life superior to ours does not exist. Every day our monitors record unexplainable interruptions of light and radio waves. So do not discount the possibility of truth in what you are hearing. It could be. I shall return shortly with Act Three. As our story becomes more intricate, it also becomes more incredible. A creature arrives on Earth, the duplicate of a man who has disappeared, identical except for a third eye, which he has had surgically removed. The creature is called... Charlie Robinson. He thinks like a man, yet often talks like a history book. He's controlled by a voice contained in a silver sphere. He has just shot a writer called Joshua Pride. Mary, what are you doing here so late? I had to see you, Charlie. I called and called, but you weren't here. I have to go out. I've made a date for us to see Dr. Latrobe. Who's that? Charlie. Remember your promise? You said you'd see him. Did I say that? The man you worked for here in Houston two years ago in space genetics. He's waiting for us now. Now? It's 11 o'clock at night. He said he'd see us now. Please, Charlie, we must. What's the hurry? It's for your own good. You promise. I don't understand why we can't go see this, this man tomorrow. I'm very tired. Tomorrow will be too late, believe me. Why? Why? Because your life is in danger. Please come. Earthlings, 
are digging their own graves. You don't realize it, but you are. We're not far from Dr. Latrobe's house. Yeah, none of you realize it, that your precious Earth belongs to the lowest scale of all terrestrial planets composed of silicates and metals. Right, now, just a hundred yards more or so. Now, can you see his upstairs window through the trees, Charlie? It's lit. He's there. Jarva. I can't go without Jarva. I've, I've left her at my place. Come on, now don't No, stop. no, I have to go back. They'll find her and destroy her. Charlie, what are you talking about? My contact, a silver sphere. Jarva, my control. It's my only way of communicating with my planet. I've got to go back. The police have your apartment surrounded. They're bound to. You go back there and they'll capture you. Let me go back for you. You would? Charlie, you're my husband. I love you. I'd do anything for you. Now, where is that silver sphere? It's on the bookshelf to the right of my bed. Top shelf. I'll find it. Promise me not to move. You sit right there by that birch tree until I get back. Get through. Jarva, this is Selra. 
citizen of Tycho Brahe. Help me, Jarvis. Don't leave me on Earth alone. Mary, it's all over. They've abandoned me. Charles Robinson, will you put your hands up and come forward quietly? Oh, Mary. It's for your own good. Glad you're here, Mary. You know Joshua Pride. Yes, I do, Dr. Latrobe. Hello, Mary. I understand Charlie's getting better every day. Yes, Robinson is improving greatly. Everything he imagined seems to be disappearing from his mind. Everyone's been so understanding. From the beginning, the police letting you take Charlie to the hospital, Dr. Latrobe, to say nothing of you, Mr. Pride, not pressing charges. When Dr. Latrobe told me the bullets were blanks, I, <laughs> I didn't want to look silly. Besides, Robinson wasn't himself. It was amnesia, wasn't it? No doubt about it. What I don't understand is, is where did he get those wild ideas about coming from another planet? My fictional planet, in fact. I expect very soon it will all seem like a bad dream, if he remembers it. He's lucky. He won't, but I always will. Why so? Two years ago, when Charlie was working here, I found him in the laboratory one morning, unconscious. But why wasn't I told? Mary, we had no idea he was married. His parents had just died in an accident, and we thought he was alone in the world. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Yes, doctor. Yes, she's here. I'll send her right along. Thanks. I'm glad to hear it. That was Dr. Mercer, the neurophysicist in charge. He says, Mary, if you go down to his office and wait, you can have a visit with your husband. The whole thing had to be kept quiet, Dr. Pride. We were doing these top-secret genetic studies, so... So, when you found Robinson unconscious that morning, you couldn't bring him around? He came to a total amnesiac. How could we release him like that, knowing no one, not his own name or where he was from? Here we had a man with a great brain capability, but no memory. So we used him as a guinea pig. You're kidding. We programmed him, giving him memories, ambition, a reason for living. How could you do that? Oh, my Lord, of course. You used my book. Tycho's World, exactly. And all the fictional characters in it. Robinson became one of them. It took months, but we instilled in his dormant cells who he was, where he came from, and what he had to do on Earth. Spy and report. We gave him the name Sora. Java, a character in your book, became his control. That explains it. We gave him a miniaturized tender receiver in a sphere he carried with him, which we monitored day and night. The scar on his forehead which was really the result of a fall in the laboratory, became plastic surgery removal of a third eye. I never thought when I invented that idea that someone would believe it. We monitored Charlie for almost two years, and during that time, he has been living in two worlds. I can't believe I'm hearing this, Dr. Latrobe. I'm appalled and, and very angry. To tamper with a man's brain, officially, no less, is the most criminal assault on a, on a human being than I can imagine. To make a man lose two years of his life, it, it's unforgivable. You don't understand. He'll be as good as new and never know it. 
But what for? Why? Would he have been better off to remain a mental vegetable? However, there was a reason. Probably the most important one any man could have today. Charlie, are you awake? It's me, Mary. Hi, Mary. Hope you're not angry with me. You really recognize me, don't you? Of course. I apologize for ending up in the hospital the first week we're married like this. You just get well, and we'll pick up where we left off. Tell you a funny thing, I've been trying to remember what happened. Was it last night or or the night before my first back at Dr. Latrobe's lab? I, I, I know I was working late. Well, you didn't call me. I was getting worried. <laughs> What's the new bride going to think? I was standing at one of those lab tables to change a light bulb in the ceiling that had gone out. That, that's all I remember. I must have fallen and knocked myself out. <laughs> See the scar on my forehead? Mm-hmm. I really heal fast, don't I? Hey, you're in good shape, darling. And late tropes not mad at me for holding up the experiments. <laughs> How long have I been here? A day or... Nobody's mad at you, Charlie. Oh, Mary, I'm getting awfully sleepy. Mm. They keep giving me these drugs, so I relax. Then I'll come back to the hospital. You better. I want to go home tomorrow. You have my word to keep it quiet. Why did you pull that mind indoctrination on Robinson? This government has reason to believe emissaries from other planets are at this very moment right here on Earth living among us, disguised as human beings. By programming Robinson, following his every move, we hope to learn something about the reasoning process of such a non-mortal person, a creature from outer space who is sent here and must deal with life in our world. I don't know. Why not live and let live, Doctor? Because it's about time we found out whether in this vast universe... We have friends or enemies. We have given you a glimpse into a file marked Top Space Secret. As I said in the beginning, if this account were widely known, it might be a bit embarrassing to Uncle Sam. However, I'm confident if anyone can keep secrets, it's you. That scrupulous league of listeners to Mystery Theater... I shall return shortly. Show me pop. It's time to get away. Here we come, America. Show me pop. Show me that Taking a trip, whether you go by plane or car, around the country, around the world, show the world you carry Master Charge. Hey, they know clouds when they see it. Show me Given any reason why we must go, but apparently go we must. Let us see 
CBS News, we call Bert Quint the fireman because he's best when the heat is on. The National Guard troops are going back now. It looks as though it's over, at least for the moment. Good evening. That's a strong front. and Company, only on the CBS Evening News. Weeknights on the CBS Television Network. Every Christmas Eve when we were kids, we put a Whitman sampler by the fireplace for Santa. On Christmas morning, we'd run downstairs to see what chocolate Santa had eaten. Actual proof that he'd really been there. Well, it's become a family tradition. Now, my kids put a Whitman sampler by the fireplace every Christmas Eve. I think they're catching on to me, though, because Santa and I have the same taste in chocolates. Whitman, a Christmas tradition for 137 Christmases. that trusts the readouts of a computer rather than the readings of the human heart. Nobody can close his mind to the possibility that someday science may become the ultimate deity. So, as the facts become known to me, I shall continue to open secret doors to the universe so we may be forewarned of the mysteries of the future. Our cast included Paul Hecht, Carol Titel, Cork Benson, and Gordon Heath. The entire production is under the direction of Hyman Brown. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant Think there's more to sports than just scores. Where uh, we can get close and uh, away from the grandstands and into where it's, it's really happening. When I go out and do a, uh, a little league competition, uh, if we're down close and talking to the people, that's the most, the most enjoyable. Watch an enjoyable sports cast. Join Mike at 6 and 10 on Channel 10. And this is KARZ in Phoenix, and we have CBS News coming up in uh, just a couple of seconds, uh, probably about now. CBS News, an anti-Castro group has claimed responsibility for a powerful bomb which rocked the Soviet UN mission in New York Tuesday night. This is Doug Poling reporting on the CBS radio network. The Cuban exile group Omega-7 called a news agency about 40 minutes after the blast to claim responsibility. A male voice said the group wanted to show its... Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Cause plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today.